Welcome to Let's Talk Real Estate. I'm your host, Anna Olsisi, serial entrepreneur, passionate marketer, and partner at Segway Group at Keller Williams Realty Gainesville. On the podcast, you will find valuable information about all things real estate, plus some fun stories told by a variety of guests. So if you like what you hear, then subscribe and invite any friends who you think may get some value from listening. Today we have a great guest because he is the equivalent of your home's check engine light. He is president of a Reliant Home. His name is Kevin Groff, and he's also an author. So he is an author of a book called Know Your Home. And so he is going to help us learn how to save money on our home by doing continuous maintenance and what the important things are to to really watch out for so that a small problem doesn't turn into a big problem. And that's not just when you're selling a home, but really that's just a part of home ownership that a lot of people just don't address. So Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being a guest on the podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that the service that you offer is so important. I know that one of my teammates and close friend, Angela Foote, she's the one actually who connected mm-hmm. us. And yes. I know that she she has you, you know, do all these things for her. And it's just fantastic. I know you were there just a few days ago. And yeah, as um, a matter of fact, just uh, just finished that up on Monday. Okay. Okay. So so give us a little background. First of all, I'm dying to know how you came up with this idea. Like give us the inspiration. So the inspiration, I guess, if you would call it that, was more frustration. So I was, uh, for a long time, I was a handyman, sort of made my way from being a basic handyman to um, one that was better than average to eventually when I kind of shut that business down, I was doing some pretty high-end remodel work. But as that business went along, I realized I keep coming back to the same houses, which don't get me wrong, I was grateful for, um, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing the same work over and over again. And a lot of this stuff could be avoided. And I, I tried to, you know, kind of give a list of things that a homeowner could do to my customers at the time and say, Hey, if you do this, this, and this, you shouldn't have to call me again. This shouldn't, shouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. And they would call me back in a couple of years and I'd be back doing the same thing. So I, I, I sort of, I, I thought, well, maybe you, the homeowners just don't know what to do. And now I realize it's a little more than that. It's more that, you know, homeowners like everybody else, they, we've all got families and careers and things to do. The last thing you want to do is some major checklist on a weekend. It's like your first free weekend of the month. Right. Um, so the, the business just sort of morphed out of that. Perfect. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you tried to make yourself indispensable and then you couldn't basically. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I really. Or, or not, a, dis, not indispensable. I'm sorry. Dispensable. And yeah, then you couldn't I, do it. <laughs> exactly. I, I really, with a Reliant Home, I've, I've been trying to put my repair business out of business. Um, that, that, that really was, was the, the idea mm-hmm. and, and try to basically minimize the, 
the big problems that that just snowball and they never happen at a, at an opportune time you know it, it, right. it, it, it all of those things happen at the worst possible time so it's it's always great if you know that they're coming and you can kind of plan for a major repair um mm-hmm. you know whether it's a roof or you know painting your house or something like that you really don't want that sort of thing sprung on you right absolutely so tell me I mean, you, you just mentioned a few of the things that you do, for example, and I'm going to bring Angela up again because uh-huh. she didn't, she didn't tell me I couldn't say anything. So I'm saying things. Um, sure. so, yeah, go for it. <laughs> there's no confidentiality. That, that's um, right. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> that's right. Well, and neither am I. So I can just <laughs> say whatever I want. So, uh, so she was saying, you know, she, she does have, you know, a reliant home. She, she works with you. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then the other day something happened. Now was, were you scheduled to go to her house anyway? And then the roof thing happened or, or what? Uh, yeah, that was a coincidence. Um, okay. yeah, that, that was a, a coincidence. She happened to be replacing her roof and mm-hmm. we just are the, the schedules just sort of collided. Um, and so I just happened to be there that day and, you know, we've had these really weird rainstorms popping up really early in the day. And that is terrible for roofers in the summertime that can tend to catch them off guard and her roofers got caught off guard and she had some water come in, um, Mm -hmm. where she really didn't want that. Um, so yeah, it just so happened that I was there and, and could kind of, come back and and take a look after the fact when once the roof had been finished up, I actually went back and crawled through the attic to make sure that um, there wasn't a lot of water anywhere else and things were drying the way they were supposed to. You know, it's an unfortunate thing. It it does happen on occasion, but usually roofers are pretty uh, aware that this is a possibility and they have gigantic tarps at the ready for for covering things up in the event of a rainstorm that pops up. There's a fluke every now and then right 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 so but the fact that you were you were able to go well i mean it just happens you were scheduled anyway but the fact that you would go and check this is is wonderful yes peace of mind Mm -hmm. while we're talking about not uh, not being a doctor and feel free to uh, you know i can i'm gonna let a cat out of the bag on her walkthrough on her house something that that she wasn't aware of I wasn't aware of beforehand we actually found two leaks under sinks in her house Hmm. that she wasn't aware of they were very minor but again really easy to catch them while they're minor before there's water all over the floor Um, you know one one happened to be a drain problem and one happened to be a supply problem but you know one I could rectify on site was not that Mm -hmm. big of a deal the other will require the replacement of a faucet but again easy to to deal with this now before we there's a destroyed cabinet that has to be replaced plus the faucet that's leaking so you know it's funny because it's this great preventative you know it's like an right. ounce of prevention is worth a totally. pound of cure and yeah. so many people when we go list a house for example then they go around the house and have to address all of these <laughs> things at once exactly or, or it has gotten out of hand like you said and and so if they just you know worked with you on this on a regular you know basis you know just general maintenance then that you wouldn't have to do that. It'd probably the expense right. would be much less. Oh, time. it's dramatically, yeah, it is dramatically less. And whether you're dealing with me or you're doing this on your own, 
Um, mm. it, it, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I, I see this a lot, and, and I did, especially as a handyman, so many times you would get the, the inspection list, and they would ask you to quickly repair all of these items because we're trying to close in 26 mm-hmm. days. And, you know, you've got to find time in your schedule to shove several thousand dollars worth of repair work. And you and I did think for a long time, it's such a shame that you're fixing these items for the next person. You could have enjoyed (laughs) a much more comfortable home if you would have dealt with this on your own. I've known homes where people lived with a bucket under the sink for years. Oh, my God. And just dealt with a drip. And (laughs) there's no need for that. I don't know how much money you think plumbers cost, but it's really not that expensive. Um, no. Yeah, it's, it, it is a shame that, that those things wait until the last minute because there's so many things that you're trying to do when you're trying to move, when you're ready mm-hmm. to sell your house. The, it's the last thing that you want to have to deal with is the repairs on the home that you're trying to leave. Yep. Yeah. Well, I always say your house looks the best the day you leave. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a shame case, right, right. Yeah. It's, it's such yeah. a shame i mean you really I, it, one of the reasons why i wanted to start a reliant home was i a lot of my clients would would say to me over and over again do you think i should sell my house and i said no you you, you really should just love your house I, I i'm surprised that you're not just enamored with your home my wife and i walk into our into our back door and it's you, we breathe a sigh of relief. This is our sanctuary. This is the place where we we feel safe and comfortable. This is this is our place. Um, mm-hmm. And we built this house about nine years ago. But we make sure that every you know this checklist that I perform for other people. This is the checklist that pops up on my phone every ninety days. Um, my calendar goes off and tells me to do these things. Perfect. Yeah. So so going back to the checklist then. What sorts of things do you look at? How often I, is it 90 days, you know, every 90 yeah. days? And what are you checking for? You know, and what do you make these repairs yourself or not? And just give me a rundown. Okay, so we don't make the repairs ourselves. I've always found it to be a bit of a conflict of interest because I want you to take any recommendations that I make um, and realize that I'm not trying to make money off of those recommendations. I, I don't know of any other company. I, I, when I was researching for Reliant Home, I looked nationwide looking for another company, and I found one that I couldn't confirm was still doing it um, that was not also a repair firm. So most people will do a quote-unquote checklist for free mm-hmm. in order to compile a list of repairs that they can perform for you. And I just don't think that you're going to take that kind of with a grain of salt, you know, when, when somebody gives you that, that repair list, it's sort of the idea that gave mechanics, car mechanics, a bad name. Um, yeah. you know, you magically found all of this stuff that was wrong. That wasn't wrong when I drove in here. Um, so yep. as far as the checklist, what we perform there on a typical home, there can be a couple hundred, maybe even upwards of 300 inspection points and 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 task items that that we take care of but you know just Whoa. kind of a reader's digest version um like we're testing um all of your smoke detectors and your carbon monoxide detectors you, you know those little buttons that nobody ever pushes we push mm-hmm. those buttons um okay. we make sure that the <laughs> batteries are are changed annually we're looking for cracks 
in the floors in, in your home, maybe missing grout or cracked grout, or if you have wood floors, warped floorboards, all of these things are telltale signs of other issues. We check every visible plumbing fitting in the house for any kind of leak or any signs of corrosion or degradation, whether it's drains or supplies. Uh, on the outside of the house, we're going to clean out your gutters. We're going to uh, clean off the roof, get all the debris off of the shingles. Um, and uh, then we're going to um, make sure that your downspouts are are empty and free-flowing and make sure that water is going to get away from your house um, the way that it's supposed to. You know, these are just kind of a handful of things that we do mm -hmm. on a regular basis. You know, uh, AC maintenance, we, we change those filters, make sure that they're nice and clean. You know, <laughs> typical oh. this time of year, big time allergy issues. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, those AC filters kind of help with that, you know, making sure yeah. that those are, are, are clean and, you know, a good quality filter at the same time. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. So when you say we do that, so you do those things, you just don't do like if a faucet has to be completely replaced, right. you wouldn't do that. Exactly. If the faucet needs okay. to be replaced, then, you know, we, we do work with some plumbers and um, handymen that if you need a, a recommendation of, of somebody, a company, a painter or a roofer or something like that, we can pass along some, some information of uh, some contact info for, for some vendors, but we don't, um, there's no finders fees, no money ever changes hands. I don't, I don't make a percentage on anything. It's just people that have worked for clients of ours in the past and had good results. And that's really the only connection that we have to any of the people that we recommend. Well, that's good. We we do the same thing. We've got this vendor book and, and it's just people that we work with personally. Right. You know, yeah. and, and that's, I can only recommend what I know from personal experience. Right, and exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Or not that doesn't mean that, <laughs> right. And that doesn't yeah. mean that a lot of other people don't do great work. It's just, right. I don't have personal experience with those folks. And so, um, mm -hmm. you know, I just like to make sure that some of my clients have had good experiences with the people that, um, that we're sending out to do whatever it is or, you know, helping the, the homeowner contact, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and if somebody who's an expert like you has had a good experience with someone that just increases, you know, our comfort level in actually right. them as well. So, you know, that definitely, That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely important to give people suggestions, even if, right. Know, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Because I probably had more experience with a an exterior house painter than the typical homeowner has. So, um, right. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would think. Yeah. Yeah, you'd hope so. Sure. Yeah. Well, right, right. There's something really wrong with this person. I mean, unless it's like <laughs> you know, a seventy year old house and they've lived in right. the whole time. I don't know. Right, right. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So you you do like a tremendous number of of things now. Your book. So I know that your wife kind of told you to shove and just go ahead and write it because you kept saying that you could fill a whole book with right. um, what's called Know Your Home, How to Save Money and Keep Your Largest Investment in Great Shape, which is it is, in fact, your great, you know, your greatest, largest investment. And you need to keep it in good shape in order to get, get money out of it when you go to exactly. sell it, um, yeah. which is another thing all together that we always have to grab, you know, struggle mm -hmm. with with sellers. Sure. So tell me about your book a little bit. Well, and, and, and before I do that on that topic of, of value for maintenance, the, the numbers on, on, on a well-maintained home versus a poorly maintained home are staggering. 
Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about a 30% on average, you're talking about a 30% difference in, in selling price for a home that is well-maintained versus a home that's not. When I was researching, I thought that was, I'm trying to think of a kind word, but I thought it was hokum. Um, right. I, I, and I, and then I started comparing in neighborhoods that I worked in and homes that I was intimately familiar with. Mm -hmm. And it actually bared fruit. Um, the homes that were really in disrepair, that the, in a couple of the neighborhoods, it was about 28%. And in other neighborhoods, it was over 30 or like 31, 32%. So I, I was shocked. The, and these aren't my numbers. These are stats that I found doing research. Mm -hmm. There's a, a company using mortgage uh, information to compile that data. But, you know, when you think about, well, if I spend some money every year and keep this home in good shape, you, mm -hmm. you reap the reward when you sell that at, with with that kind of an increase in selling price. That that's huge. Oh yeah. Um, so as far as how the book came about, I started doing research for a Reliant home. I really wanted to get all my ducks in a row, make sure that my checklists were as polished as I could get them, and and as and as detailed as they could be, and and get the scheduling right. You know, how often did certain things really need to happen? And the more I started looking into this, the more I kept uncovering factoids and little bits and pieces and information and details that I just wasn't even aware of. And so I started making lists and these these huge spreadsheets and all these little data points. And yeah, I, I kept sharing this stuff with my wife. And I said, there's, there's an entire book here. And so she told me to shut up about it and write the book. <laughs> and, and honestly, it was, it was part of a way of me kicking the can down the road. I, I, it was a way to, I would write the book and then I'd put off starting the business because I wasn't really sure I really wanted to start another business. <laughs> but I, it took me about a year and a half to write the book. I put it up on Amazon and then used that information to, to start a Reliant Home. And the book is really, it's not something that I've ever really gone on any sort of uh, way to pro to publicize it or anything like that. So it just sort mm -hmm. of went on Amazon and sat there. And then I, anybody that I know that's a first-time home buyer, clients of mine, their kids, when they buy a home, I try to introduce it to them or, you know, get them to download it because... It, it, it really does. The whole idea is I tried to envision taking somebody by the hand from top to bottom, going around their home inside and out and explain mm -hmm. how the home works, what something looks like when when it's right and what something looks like when it's not right. And mm -hmm. it, it's not a repair manual. It was never written for that because there are a ton of those. This was about you getting to really know your home and what it takes to keep it up. And if something looked awry, that's fine. Mm -hmm. It's probably this because it looked like that. And you should call this person and say this. And that was what I found in a lot of cases, people were scared to contact a professional because they didn't want to sound dumb. They, mm. they, they, they really wanted to understand what they were asking someone. And if they had a way to describe it, they felt more comfortable calling somebody. So the book was was set up in that way. So it really does take you around your home on the outside from the top all the way down to the basement if you had one. Um, mm -hmm. And on the inside from the ceiling all the way to the baseboards and the, and the floor that you walk on and everything in between that I could think to cover. 
and it, I, it was as, as uh, comprehensive as I could make it. And then at the end of the book, there's a link where people can go and uh, click on the link, put in your email, and you'll get the PDF checklist. Basically, it's, it is a, a, a smaller, but, but it's of almost as detailed a version of the checklist that we use in all of our Reliant Home Clients homes. Oh, that's great. That's, I mean, it's almost like an inspection checklist, really. Kind of, yeah. I mean, we're, I, I listened to your episode with Josh Hellstrom, the home mm-hmm. inspector, which was great, by the way. And I right. was like cheering you guys on during the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. But we look at certain things that, that uh, certified home inspectors don't look at, and then they mm-hmm. look at things that we don't look at. You know, I'm not going to go around and do a wind mitigation check. I, you right. know, we're going to assume that you have hurricane clips. We're going to assume that your air conditioner works because you're living in the house and you're either comfortable or you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to do the, the maintenance required on that HVAC unit. We're going to make sure that the condensate line runs water outside and not pours mm-hmm. it all over the, the, the inside of your house. We're going to do those kinds of things, but home inspectors are definitely uh, uh, a, a service that everybody buying a house has to have. Oh, yeah. they, they look they look for certain things that that we don't look for, and and we perform tasks that 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 home inspectors just don't. Exactly, and together that makes for a very good home buying experience and exactly. home selling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, and I mean- and just just ownership. You know, the lifestyle. You really should you should feel safe in your home. You should feel mm-hmm. comfortable in your home. Your home should just should be your sanctuary. It it really should. That's, that's the whole idea. This is how it it gets this way. You 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 make sure that the systems are intact, and mm-hmm. and those systems will take care of you as you take care of them. I mean, it's funny. We have a, a relationship with maintenance when it comes to cars mm-hmm. that we don't we don't think twice about it. You know, you buy a brand new car, you don't wait ten years before you change the oil. You start that pretty quickly. Um, and, and that's a normal process for us, but with a home, we don't think of maintenance on a home the same way. We, we think more about maintenance when it comes to a house in terms of repairs. And I'm trying to get people to, to really think about their homes as an item to maintain just the same way that they maintain their, their car. They're Mm -hmm. they're, The funny thing is the car is a, is a depreciating vehicle that you know was is never going to be worth more money than the day you bought it whereas your home if you own that thing for 10 years hopefully you sell it for more money but yet we we wash the car we baby the car we take it to (laughs) jiffy lube or the or the dealership and we get all everything done to it that the manual says to do and then we bring it home and we park it inside the other thing that we barely take care of (laughs) yes exactly park it in that garage and and you're not checking the garage ever right and we and we let the house take the beating that we're trying to keep the car from taking out in the driveway you got and it. that's fine, but and that's what the house is there for, and that's what the garage is there for. But the house yeah. needs needs attention as well. Definitely, you provide the home's check engine light because the home doesn't do that. I mean, the car right. does, and that's right. why we take the car in. But our house never really gives us, you know, in, any indication until maybe it's too late. Um, exactly. You don't want to wait till it's too late. And I love what you say about your home being your sanctuary because because that's that's how I feel about my own home. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and especially nowadays, you know, we've got oh, yeah. all, <laughs> Never all this more going true. on. Right, right. So, I mean, it better be your sanctuary, and but you want your sanctuary to to be a peaceful place. And if you right. have, you know, dripping in a bucket under a sink, I would <laughs> I would assume it is that unpleasant. That is not right. It's like not super fun to listen to. Right. So, is it too late to start with you? I mean, I know obviously this is something that a first time home buyer or a, or a buyer of any kind should definitely start, you know, maintaining their home right away. But let's say, okay, so I've been in my home for 10 years, you know, would it work to have you come in and help us out? Oh, it's absolutely. It's never too late to begin to maintain anything. Um, Mm -hmm. Because worst case scenario, you're a little behind on some things. And our goal is to help you get caught up. And so, for instance, when, when we come out and, and, pay a seasonal visit to somebody. When we finish up, I bring all that information and photographs of anything that we found. I bring them home and compile uh, all of that information into a big report that's mm-hmm. similar to a home inspector's report with photographs and descriptions of whatever we found. And along with that, you'll get a priorities list of things that need immediate attention things that uh, the the next section would be things to do um, at your earliest convenience. And then there's even a section of things that we're keeping an eye on. Let's say um, we found some cracking in some plaster in one of the bedrooms or something. Mm-hmm. I want to watch that. I, you know, we'll take photographs of that plaster crack with a ruler. And then I'll refer back to that in a year's time. And if that crack hasn't changed, there's been no movement in that crack, it, it's not spread or shifted or anything like that, then we know that's a, probably just a settling crack. It's aesthetic. It's time to just spackle it up and repaint it and forget it even existed. But if it's, if it's changed at all, we're going to come back and revisit that because you may want to look at why this is still moving. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a home should settle, but it shouldn't move much after that. And if if certain certain things are moving, we we really want to stay on top of that. So, you know, I have homeowners that have just joined me that have been in their homes since they built them in 1982. And the goal is to get that priorities list down to nothing but green stuff. And it sometimes takes a little while, but that's okay. Uh, you know, you you get started on it whenever you can, and eventually you you whittle that list down to nothing. And the next thing you know, your house is running smoothly, and you really aren't thinking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's a great thing. That's what you want. You know, you want yeah. to not think about it. Absolutely. And worry. And the homeowner it. doesn't have to get up on a ladder anymore, basically. <laughs> yes, and that's really good because some of us <laughs> yeah. do not want. Our spouse is up on ladders. Um, yeah, so, it, it, yeah. It's a dangerous tool. It's a little bit, a little dangerous. So, um, so do you have, and are you willing to share, what is the craziest thing you've ever seen? Oh. I'm, not, I'm just throwing this at you. I, I did not warn him, anyone. So, like, <laughs> he's going to be like, nothing. I don't know. Well, no, I, I mean, there have been some, there have been some things. Oh, okay, so... I see this with some degree of regularity that's kind of scary. I, I often open up underneath a sink and see drain pipes doing weird things, going wrong directions, uphill and corrugated. And, you know, it 
it it looks you know the drain pipes are only support water only runs downhill so when mm -hmm. when drain pipes are then asked to do all kinds of other funky things um, water doesn't do that very well. So I have seen quite a lot of, and I'm sure every home inspector who has ever done this for any length of time can tell you horror stories of opening sinks, uh, cabinets, and seeing mm -hmm. everything silicone together because it was, it's been leaking for years. But one of the worst things that, that I probably saw was, it, it was the worst batch of damage from something that was so simple was a home off of 53rd Avenue. I, I went to take a look at a siding job for a friend to kind of give a consult, a, a consult on. And mm -hmm. it was supposed to be a simple little bit of wood rot repair. And the person, it, it all snowballed from the person was wanted their house to be, to get painted um, mm -hmm. because they saw some brown stains. Well, those brown stains turned out to be wood rot, but it wasn't just the wood rot on the surface. The more we began to excavate and look into things, it had rotted a four by 12 beam that was holding up a huge section of the roof oh. in that side of the house. It had, and it all was just a pile of leaves that just sat up on that roof for so long that wow. it would not allow the water to travel the way it needed to. And it dammed it up and actually sent the water back uphill. And when it ran underneath the shingles, it just found a place in and it ran through long enough that it rotted all of the, the framing. It <sighs> rotted all of the support members. Yeah, it was, it was being held up in place by basically the plywood on the roof. Oh my gosh. So basically yeah. had you been going regularly to blow off the roof, yeah, that never would have happened. That never would have happened, no. and the house wouldn't be basically held up by nothing. So, yeah, yeah, that that yeah. was that was tens of it was probably ten or twelve thousand dollars worth of repairs um, that could have easily been avoided by just removing the leaf debris from the roof. Yeah, and and <laughs> it, and it, it happens. That. No, and it happens a shocking amount of time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, things like that. I, I, I tell people if there's a top five list, it's clean off your roof, clean out your gutters, check your smoke detectors, change your um, filtration, your AC filters, and mm -hmm. look under your sinks. You know, most of the time when you open up a sink, that's where we store everything that we don't want anybody to see out mm -hmm. on the counter. Yeah. So it's all piled under there and you can't see any of the pipes. And you don't really know if you have water until it's on the floor. So mm -hmm. every once in a while, get in there, move that stuff, get it out of the way and take a look at the, at the pipes in there, run your hands on them, make sure that they're all dry. So if, you, if there's five things that you're going to do a handful of, of, of things for your house multiple times a year, make it those five things. Okay. That's definitely good to know. The smoke detectors in particular. So what, since you're checking them all the time, do, mm -hmm. do, do your clients' smoke detectors not go off at 3 a.m.? like the rest of us? That's the idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, there, it, the worst thing about those is, and this is something I, I too often, um, you walk into a house and it, it especially the hair on the back of my neck stands up as I'm telling you this, you mm -hmm. walk in, you walk down the hall to the kids' bedrooms and look up at the ceiling and there's wires hanging out of the ceiling where the smoke detector used to be right outside the kids' mm -hmm. bedrooms. Yeah. 
And the the reason for that is because, yeah, it started chirping at 3 a.m. Nobody's yeah. going to go get a ladder and change the battery. And so instead, it just gets snatched off the ceiling and nobody ever puts it back. Right. And if you notice around Christmas time, we start hearing more about house fires, the, the, the typical mm -hmm. cycle. When the next time that happens, if the fire marshal has checked out that fire that makes the news, listen to the end of the story. And at the end of the story, almost every time they will say there was not a working smoke detector in the house. Mm. It's such a shame. It, it's, it's a $40 item. It, yeah. It's the cheapest insurance you're ever going to own. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. And going back to the reason why you have a company, it's that, okay, so it, it's happened to all of us. I mean, I think I doubt mm -hmm. there, unless you don't have a smoke detector, this, but everybody, you know, 3 a.m., it's the chirping, 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 sure. you rip it off. It, you know, first of all, you have to access it because sometimes the high ceiling, you're ripping it off. Right. It keeps chirping in your hand. So you right. basically throw it into a room that you cannot yeah. hear. And then you forget. Put it, it under a couch cushion. Right. You do. You do. But then you forget it that that it exists. Like I, right. I put it out into my guest room. Never go in there. Right. Forget it's there. And there, right. there are the wires. You don't look up. And so, how if you had that regular maintenance, then it would be addressed. Right. And, you know. And and so I think it's it's one of those things where we don't think about it. We, no. We just, it doesn't even occur to us. Yeah, you're exactly right. And so another little known fact about smoke detectors is they have about a 10-year lifespan. From the manufacturer, oh. every manufacturer recommends that you you take it down, throw it away, and get a new smoke detector at the 10-year mark. There will be a date on the back of every smoke detector I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, and some will even have a little tag that says replace by with a date stamped. But so not only are you supposed to replace the batteries once a year, if they have replaceable batteries, the newer ones have a 10-year lithium battery that, that lasts the life of the unit. And when it starts to chirp, you throw it away and you get another one. But mm -hmm. uh, And carbon monoxide detectors, actually, their lifespan, it varies manufacturer to manufacturer, but they're about five to eight years. So they need to be replaced more often than you think. They do. And... Well, I guess maybe sometimes they're defective or something because we've replaced them sometimes and then they keep they start chirping after two years and you're just like, what's going on? But yeah, now uh, the ch if it's a chirp, sometimes it's a battery issue. Now, I have had some that uh, mine in my house, as a matter of fact, they were faulty and the whole lot of them were bad. Um, mm -hmm. And so they were <laughs> they would just go off. They didn't even chirp. You want to uh. talk about. Yeah, you want to talk <laughs> about come straight out of bed at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and wow. I know where my ladders are, and that, that's still a really off-putting thing to to have happen. Yes. Um, it, not to mention, you really it, your wife smacking you, saying this is not supposed to happen in our house. Exactly, <laughs> not in your house. <laughs> oh, that's funny, but yeah, absolutely, yes, yes, yeah. Yes. All right, we'll see. And and again, these are just things that we don't think of, and. No. Um, I think from now on, I'm putting you in touch with with everybody who buys a house with us because, <laughs> well, because it, it they're just it's so important. And actually, every seller. So here's here's a question I had for you, and I'll make this the last question so I don't 
keep you too long because I know you're busy. What is your success rate in terms of sellers that you that are your clients and have been your clients for many, many years mm-hmm. and they go sell their home? Do their inspection reports typically come back like clean? Usually either I, I've never had an inspection report come back with more than maybe two or three items. Wow. Um, we usually catch the vast majority of stuff that, in, that a home inspector is going to, to find. You know, uh, one, one of the things that's typically looked for really closely in a home inspection is wood rot because mm-hmm. it's, especially in, in Alachua County, it's super common. Um, yeah. And it's something we're constantly on the lookout. I did so many repairs in doing wood rot repairs when I was a handyman that mm-hmm. I can even eyeball the telltale signs when the repair was done with wood filler as opposed to somebody replacing the wood. It just has a different look to it. It's yeah. it, to me, it's easy to spot. It's smooth rather than, rather than you, you can't see any grain at all. Mm-hmm. And so those, and, and it happens in very uh, distinct places very regularly. So th- it's something that we're constantly on the lookout for, especially if it's a wood trimmed or a wood sided home, we're always looking for, for those kinds of things. And so we try to catch them, that sort of thing, when it's really small and, and easily repaired and cheap um, mm-hmm. rather than, oh, last minute and here comes somebody that's selling the house. So yeah, I've had a few clients sell. And the great part about that is not only is it validation that we did do a good job for the client, but when the client goes to sell the house, they're able to take our reports that we give them and just basically stack them up on the countertop. So imagine if you're going to buy a used car and you have one that has a file folder with all of its service records and another one where the person says, yes, I changed the oil. (laughs) I'm going to buy the one with service records every time. No doubt. And so, so this was kind of that, that our clients were able to, to, you know, hand the stack of, of, reports to the new owner and say, this is everything that, that we've looked at and done to this house in the last two or three years. I cannot tell you how, how impressed buyers are by things like that. And they're impressed, sure. they're impressed when, when they walk into the kitchen after they close and there's like three, you know, manuals <laughs> and the garage, right. the garage door openers. So to, to just have all of that is right. incredible. So Yes, yes, a huge asset to any seller. Again, I think it's, it just adds more money to what they can sell the house for, not just because they've had this preventative maintenance, but because you know they the inspection report comes back so clean and they have records of everything. It just makes it much more uh, much more pleasant experience. Also, if, if yeah, absolutely, if you're representing it, the buyer, you know, or even the seller. You know, it just feels good. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sets kind of everybody's mind at ease that that maintenance was was performed on this thing that I'm about to invest a huge chunk of money in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that 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 really does make everybody feel a little bit better. Yes, absolutely. And I will say, whether you buy new construction or you've had the house since the '80s, like you right. mentioned. It's good to have it either way. Start it right from the beginning and go from there. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. totally. Because with a with a new home, that contractor is going to give you a one year warranty on the house, but they're not going to come and take a look at it and make sure everything is okay. It's up to you to point right. out things that are wrong. 
So if you know what you're looking for, that's great, but you still need to be actively looking to make sure yeah. that you catch whatever you need to catch in that year's time. Um, you know, uh, there are some some really good quality builders that, you know, if you found something even after the inspection period, a lot of time or warranty period, a lot of times mm -hmm. they will come back. But I also know some that, you know, yep. throw up their hands and say, sorry. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it, it yeah. like yeah. I said before, it, it really is like a car. You you start maintaining that car immediately mm -hmm. um, uh, after you buy it because you really want to keep it as as nice as you possibly can. And the same with the house you know, treat it the same way. It'll, it'll treat you well. Exactly. And right now we all want our homes to treat us well. So I think everybody needs to give you a call, Kevin, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and have, have you help us. Help, well, and whether I'm doing it, yeah. right. And whether I'm doing it or, or somebody really does have a DIY streak and they want to do it mm -hmm. themselves. You know, I put the book up on Amazon as, as inexpensively really as I could just so that as many people as were interested could just do this on their own. It It's not, the, the lists are not super difficult. It's just a matter of, are you willing to take the time and, and learn how to deal, do it? And, and do you really want to perform these tasks yourself? And some people really get into that and others yeah. just are, have no interest in, in owning those tools and that's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, there are all kinds of people. So, right. so for you, for DIYers, go to Amazon and buy Know Your Home because then you've got it all right there in a, in a book. And then when you're sick and tired of doing all that, because everybody eventually does get tired of doing all that, <laughs> then, then you can contact Kevin, Kevin Groff, and go to uh, have him, you know, a relianthome.com, have him do it for you so you don't have to waste your time doing that because we'll eventually be able to travel and go to the beach again and have some yeah. good times and one then we won't days. be at home one of these days <laughs> we don't know when but one i'm looking day. forward to that yeah same same for sure and then also visit his website because he's got five things your home is trying to tell you it's a great pdf and it i guess it touches on, on a lot of what we've talked about right um, exactly but, but you can have it also you know for your reference yeah well any parting words kevin is there anything we haven't discussed no, really. Uh, I mean, uh, I guess the only thing that, that I did want to mention was, you know, it's it's that difference between maintenance and repair. And, mm -hmm. you know, people do kind of keep in mind that that when when most people are talking about maintaining a home, they're 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 thinking is repair. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you if you do the maintenance, you can avoid that repair word. So really maintaining anything, whether it's your car, your house or anything is just, it's a series of tasks and observations that help you get the most out of whatever it is that you're trying to maintain. So, right. you know, that it, it's the most bang for your buck. It's the, it's the best home improvement dollar you can spend. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I look forward to chatting with you after the podcast is over <laughs> because i'm sure we could need we could use a lot of that ourselves and hopefully anyone listening will be able to reach out to you or will want to reach out to you or or get the book you know i'm happy so, to help yeah oh i know you're happy to help and, and you're great and you've been a well, wonderful you. guest and so thanks so much yeah yeah thank you for joining us yeah we look forward to having you on again you know maybe you, i would love to have somebody who's worked with you kind of talk about the whole process. So maybe that could be another episode one day. I'm too. sure we could do that. 
Yeah. All right, Kevin. Well, you have a great rest of your day. And, thanks, Anna. Uh, and everybody listening, thanks for joining us. And here's to the next time. Thanks so much for listening today. If you like what you hear and want to learn more about real estate and hear the occasional funny story, then hit that subscribe button right now. And if you know of someone who'd benefit from listening, then tell them to subscribe too, or else they may feel a little left out. For questions, topic suggestions, or nice comments, send an email to Anna at SegwayRE.com. We can also connect on Facebook at SegwayRE. Thanks for listening as we bring you a new way of doing real estate. Bye.